Adios, nachos, amigos, and welcome to Record Breakers, the greatest music podcast uh, in this room. Uh, I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my team, my squad, my, my, my quorum. We've got Brett. Certified dank. Yes, we've got Patrick. Hello. And we've got Drew. I was going to make a joke about Coverville, but now I can't stop laughing at certain Stop it. Uh, yes. Uh, but yes. We're not just dank, we're Jeff Skunk Baxter dank. That's right. Uh, yes. The, the dankness. The dankest. There's, uh, there's dank, there's what Snoop and Wiz was smoking at E3, and then there is this podcast. Yeah. We got the, uh, the seal of approval. Uh, yeah, we got a kiss from a rose. See a little approval. Uh, <laughs> okay. But let's move on. We're talking about music. That's why we're making jokes about music. Uh, and the provider of music this time, the provider, uh, the one that's sharing with us, the rest of the group, uh, is Brett. Brett, what are you? What are you sharing with us? What are you sharing with the group? Um, I went back to uh, an album that was very, very important to me when I decided that I wanted to shift from playing regular rock music to go into jazz, but all my tools were rock and roll music. So I brought Can't Buy a Thrill by the band Steely Dan from 1972, and you yeah. would never notice that it was from the 70s. <laughs> no. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? Uh, I was expecting a goddamn Steely Dan record. Um, I, I was expecting some some pretty stellar musicianship, some jazz influence, some rock and roll, maybe a smidge of horn. Um, a, a smidge, a smidge, one um, gross of horn. Yes, a, a generous dabbling. A a dash. Um, mm. they were gonna kick it up a notch with some horn. Um, maybe of a sax or flugel variety. Um, some take it some down key. to flugel town. Uh, right. the, the A block's sort of weird when we talk about a band that I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this? So confession time. Outside of the singles, I've never listened to a Steely Dan record, and that is one of my great musical shames. Um, like again, the like I've heard many a Steely Neither Dan song because so. they because because they did have many singles and I used to listen to a fair amount of classic rock radio because when you live in a small town that is literally the only thing that's listenable. Um, it's either that or country music, and hey, I'm not real into country rock radio. Uh, not in my shitty town. You your your town is much bigger than my town. It was, <laughs> not in my it was town. Classic either, rock. <laughs> it was classic rock. Thing modern pop or country music that was all that i had growing up so like the singles on here are familiar but like sadly i've never listened to a steely dan record and while i'm embarrassed to say that i'm also happy to say now i have and i have an opinion on it yes <laughs> uh you, you add your description of your radio add a, a vaguely new rock station and a whole lot of latin music stations and you have miami <laughs> i i would i would trade Six of the twelve country music stations for one like Latin 
music station. I don't even care which variety. It would have been an improvement. Lumbaton, reggaeton, in your, uh, in your radio station that print plays uh, Prince Royce. Uh, 50, do you have a radio a station? Do, do you have a radio station that plays nothing but Puerto Rican fusion? Because uh, I want one of those. You have a radio station <laughs> with a DJ that says Dale a lot? I, I will trade any John Mellencamp playing local Indiana radio station for any of that. <laughs> we have, we have, I, it's almost I, it's almost like like terrestrial radio is dead, and we should just you know stream stuff. At least at least we have uh, Shake One Hundred Eight, the the one that's owned by a dude. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> still awesome. Yes, <laughs> I, I will get behind any radio station that's still that's owned by either uh, a college. Or, you know, a dude. Yes. Right. <laughs> Pretty all right. On the wheels of steel coming one, from one, my Another back. shout out. Two weeks in a row, shout out to Shake 108. That's right. Uh, uh, yes. Moving on from our expectations. Uh, to our, uh, to, to the musical, how do you describe this musically? Brett, what, how would you describe this musically? What would be the themes elements? Just, you know, in case you want to inform those that haven't listened to a record. Well, thing. I... Going back in time to where, you know, I, I, this album stuck in my head. I, you know, I, I heard the singles forever and this album sort of floats around. Um, but it's not something that I ever picked up until sometime. I, I it, it hasn't been that long ago that I really sat down and dug into it, but it's something that I always remembered being a complete album. Um, this album kind of goes places and does all of what it does in that super high, fine, polished, way that's that's that makes it uncommon even with the contemporaries um the music is really dense um and it's dense because they 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 don't they're not just your regular band setup they they bring in um a lot of hand percussion um they 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 fill things up with uh with different kinds of instruments and instruments used in different ways um there's there's always a really solid foundation with the with the the drums, the percussion, and the bass, and that lets them do other things that, like, you know, they they, they play around with, with roles that instruments have. Um, the they, they use a lot of keys uh, in their work. Organs, electric pianos, pianos of the regular kind with hammers, hitting strings. Um, you know, they, they have probably one of the most iconic electric piano... Uh, tones and uh, uses um you know the probably the only place where you're gonna see the hot mashup of piano and steel guitar and done in ways that you don't expect piano and steel guitar to be playing together um but uh you know it's it, it's something that's got a lot of places you can go like and direct your attention um and it, i thought it'd be a fun album to bring here because there's plenty of stuff that we'll, we can all sink our teeth into mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a whole, whole lasagna's worth of uh, substance here. A uh, whole uh, Giordano's deep dish pizza's worth of uh, <laughs> uh, stuff to dig on into. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention? Um, well, one thing uh, as far as themes and elements about Steely Dan as a whole that I think is kind of awesome is that Steely Dan is one of those bands that I think people forget how prolific that band was like there. I guarantee there are people who know tons of Steely Dan songs 
there might be a person right now listening to this podcast that knows Steely Dan songs and have no idea of Steely Dan as like a band. Like there are songs that are connected to this band that that songs they have written that like people just are like, oh yeah, no, I love that song, and they're like it's that sort of band. They make so many like like we said when we were dropping in. I was like, hey, let's talk about the fucking hits because like. Steely Dan just makes great ass music that is played in a great many places. Um, and I think that's pretty awesome when it's this good. And that's the thing about it. It is that good. Um, let's talk about a little bit about the musical stylings of Steely Dan. Like they are jazz influenced. They're a bit of soft rock. They've got a lot of cool groove to them. They came, they started in 72. Like, the big, like, the underpinnings of, like, the disco era and, like, coming out of, like, the free love in 60s and stuff like that. There were still Jimi Hendrix records coming out at this point. Like, and it's this band. And they were, you sort of look at the landscape and they were something that was completely different. Right? And that's sort of cool. Um, the choruses to me in a Steely Dan song are always going to be really, really catchy. Um, the instrumentation is always going to be really interesting as well. Um, they have electric sitar in, in this album multiple times. <laughs> and the sitar as an instrument, like it's a cool instrument. And like, as like a guy who likes cool instruments, like I, I dig it. But usually when you get sitar in, any music that can be considered jazz influenced at all, someone's head's going up their ass because they're playing sitar and they're going to be the cool guy playing sit. It, ne- it never gets like this. You know? It never gets like that, like egotistical, like, oh, I, I am playing this because I am on another level of musician. No, it's just a cool fucking thing to have electric sitar and piano playing off of each other. Like, that's cool. Like, that yeah. sounds neat. Um, there is a lot of really cool vocal harmonies, um, in this as well. And it's just, like Brad said, it's a really well pieced together record. It's a record that from beginning to end, nothing feels out of place. The production on this record is insane. Um, just really, really, really well done. Um, there is... I want to go back at some point. I've always wanted to find a, like a really good setup to listen to the four channel, uh, mix. Quadraphonic. Quadraphonic. Yep. I want to do here's it. the thing. You, like, do you have a four channel setup? Cause that's the I, thing. I, like I have a five I'll channel. Find it. No, like, no, no. But like, five said, channel though. and four channel are not the same things. Like you need something I that actually knows what to do with a quadraphonic <laughs> signal. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I, I didn't say I was going to be able to do it easily. I said I wanted to. <laughs> like, are you going to go to every every like vintage store and secondhand store and buy a quadraphonic receiver and four matching speakers and set up a room? I have four matching. <laughs> do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking those, judgment, those, 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 those right there. <laughs> I make really bad decisions sometimes. You don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, qu- quadraphonic isn't all it's cracked like, up to be. It was an idea. It, cool. it didn't last. Like, it's like um the the. I also like 
hunting down like binaural recordings and shit like yeah. that because it's fucking cool. Get it like, on wax cylinder. But you do that is kind of neat um, to me. Um, also, something that I like about Steely Dan um, is the lyrics sort of do that thing of they are a word story within the song. And I think that's kind of neat. Um, all in all, this is a well pieced together uh, record. It's got a bit of pop, a bit of jazz and a lot of rock in it. And it's it's fun. It, this is. Brett tossed a softball this week. <laughs> like, um, it's just a really well done record by a band that broke up in 81, got back together in 93 and just kept going. And people okay. still go to their concerts because they are still playing good music. It's, it's a, cool. As I'll, I'll go ahead and pop this record on my surround sound receiver and just listen to these little guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Patrick. What were, what were the, what were the themes on this that caught your attention? So if you talk about like this era of music, you've got sort of on one side of the let's mix jazz and rock together, like full on jazz fusion, Mahavishnu orchestra, crazy things. But on the other side, you've got this band with, I, I think what you could say is equal level of musical ability, but like 10,000 times the pop sense and no like uh, pretension to prevent them from writing clever pop songs. This is I was so happy listening to this album and I am so mad at myself for waiting this long to dig into Steely Dan. Um, it, it's it's I, I don't want to call it classic rock because it is and it doesn't sound like like late 60s, early 70s rock. It's it's a lot it's a lot tighter than that and a lot more, I think pop focused, but like, like Brett said, it's super dense and you could probably listen to any given song on this record a million times, just trying to figure out what an individual instrument's doing. Cause it's almost all of them are doing something really cool. Um, like this is really, really, uh, was surprising to me just how much I enjoyed it. Like I, I knew I would like reel in in the years and do it again, but the rest of the record kind of filled out and turned out to be really enjoyable. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a really nice, complete record. You caught me off guard. I was like sitting here now that, <laughs> since I thought about my, my surround sound speakers and I was sitting here thinking of like, I got to fix the space. I got to fix the directions. Not quite lined up right. Oh wait, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, how do I need audio setup later, PD? <laughs> no, like, I've got to move this, and I, I think maybe remount that one, and like, <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing a podcast. Like, yeah. uh, Steely Dan. Uh, yeah, this is a cool record uh, overall, and it has so many good sounds, so many good, so much good uh, variety, and such good density. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about some of the tracks, Brett. Brett, what have you sent the key tracks, uh, to zero in on? Well, um, most of them, but, um, uh, you know, that I, I, I try and hone things down a little bit. Um, but, you know, seeing that we, we're playing discussion segment, the show, uh, I, I, we better trim it down a little bit. Fire in the Hole is a, uh, is a, that steel guitar and piano mix that uh, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, not only that, the uh, 
it's the piano uh, was was played well. The solo, while not the most technical example of piano solo, uh, fit really great. Uh, reminded me of stuff that came afterwards where people pounded on pianos in rock and roll music. Um, and uh, another good song is uh, Only a Fool Would Say That. Um, anytime you throw octave slides and, and uh, Latin percussion into a song, um, you, you're doing what I played every day of my life for about five years. Uh, that was the kind of music I played, kids, um, uh, like fake jazz, um, but not quite fake. Uh, this is this almost has that feeling of like a uh, like somebody pepped up an old jazz standard, but it's not. Um, and it has a couple turns. Um, you know, it's it's one of those songs that you you expect that the guys who are sitting around writing it and playing it together had a lot of fun playing it together because it's not overly complicated and it has a lot of rests in the singing where conveniently you can throw in a lick from every instrument that's 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 playing um it's pretty awesome that that's a that's a song that i'm sure they enjoyed playing dirty work a song that is probably the most iconic uses of electric piano in my mind um it's got that 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 tone uh, along with the organ um it's it's like one of those like when you're when you're testing out a new set of of monitors or headphones you want to have like a song that's super dynamic but it's also crystal clean in tone like no overdrive or distortion on the guitars um not a whole lot of cymbals uh being overly abused but you know have them hang out there um and this is one of my go-to tracks the song has like some crazy warmth through the, the the low mids in the mix and it's one of those songs that makes you want to be a weirdo and uh go dump tons of money into a, a like tube hi-fi system and listen to it on like a record in like the most warm and compressed and analog of forms. Um, just, you know, it, it, it's one of those songs that you expect, like in my ear, I, I hear pops and crackles when there aren't, I just, it, it drips 1970s music. It's like so seventies that you can like, if you listen really, really hard, you can, here are the shag carpet and the polyester pants. Like, you know, you, it's just there baked in. Um, and reeling in the years, uh, probably the, the, the song of the album for me. Um, the intro to the song is amazing in so many levels. Um, on face value, it's crazy. Like, it's a, it's, it's a crazy, almost full-on square wave fuzzed out guitar. Um, but like there's so much underneath it and you can go out and find better people to tell you the story. But like the, it was, it was played by a guy who was a hired studio musician, like their most famous recording uh, probably was done by a hired gun, which is awesome. And they did it using a, a, a cranked Ampeg SVT bass amp uh, of all things to get the tone. <laughs> like it, 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 like I remember reading somewhere that he said it's, it wasn't even like his fourth or fifth choice for doing it, but it's what they had. So they did it. And it's probably one of the most iconic tones of music uh, anywhere. Like if just thinking of it, that I can I can hear that fuzz and and the solo too um, was was is you know with the uh, with the delay um, was was pretty awesome. But uh, you know that's that's a great story. Go out and read somebody else telling you better. But it's a pretty hip song. It, it's 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 a it's a real humdinger. Better than broccoli. It's a hip happening tune. That's yes. right. It's a real toe tapper. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice, uh, nice, uh, a feel good feel. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't come up with a new thing to say, and I don't know why I keep talking. Feel about good it. feels. That says it all. Yeah. 
Uh, Drew, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Um, so, do it again, uh, as, as we are doing it again. Um, the, the string, the solo, all of it, the whole song, like, it, it comes at you from, like, almost five different directions at times, but it never gets lost in its own mix. There's still that underlying groove to it that just works. Um... Uh, I want to talk about the David uh, Palmer uh, front of track of Dirty Work. Um, not because uh, Palmer does a great job on vocals. It's fantastic. He gets a few uh, singing credits in this one, but the sax from another hired gun, as uh, Brett would put it, Jerome Richardson. Ugh. The, the, the sax on this was so good. And the thing about it is that sax is such a vocal instrument that to have it throughout the entire song and meshing so well with the vocals, but never taking away from Palmer's uh, singing was fantastic to me. Really well done there uh, from Mr. Richardson. And then you kind of can't not talk about reeling in the years. Like, <laughs> let me just talk about the other single because well, God damn it. It's reeling in the years. Um, <laughs> it's a song that's sort of iconic. Um, it's got that little bit of grit to the guitar. It's a bouncy piano feel. The layered chorus um, vocal is great. And then the solo comes in. It is one of the coolest guitar solos of all time. It isn't super fast. It isn't super crazy. It's just a cool-ass guitar solo. It's got some cool technical work behind it. It's played really cleanly and really well. If Jimmy Page can say it's his favorite guitar solo of all time, I think it's worth the price of admission. I'm going to put that one out there. Uh, yeah. If you're going to listen to anybody's opinion, uh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy uh, Page, <laughs> pretty, pretty good opinion to listen to on guitar solos, oddly enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? So uh, I'll start. I'm going to end up hitting a lot of the same things. Uh, do it again. Uh, so if and this is sort of I'm going to talk about it sort of in the context of where you hear it. You hear that on classic rock radio, which is dominated by blue centric rock bands like Zeppelin, The Doors, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that is rooted in blues. And this is totally not a blues song like you get. Basically, the, the, you get the occasional fun stuff on classic rock radio like Santana or, if you're lucky, Steely Dan. Like, stuff that doesn't just fit into that normal mold. Uh, there's some really cool hand percussion. It's, it's it, like, it, it walks, like, the thin line between, you know, pop-focused rock music and, like, this little edge of jazz fusion crazy instrumentalism. And it's got that, that fucking cool sitar guitar, which is just fun. Uh, dirty work. Uh, Everyone you guys talked about, I'm going to talk about the chorus. Can we talk about how the chorus of dirty work is like Hall & Oates quality harmonies? Like, I got like that sort of really spectacular sing-along chorus vibe that you get with something like a Hall & Oates song. Uh, and I say that with a ton of, com like, as a really strong compliment. That is, you know... It's it's a really cool song. It's got some good organ sounds. Uh, this this album uh, is all about its electric organs and its Hammond organs and you know electric pianos and all the fun uh, you know keyed instruments that uh, we really don't see a whole lot of anymore. 
uh, reeling in the ears. Uh, one of the great guitar melodies ever. Uh, like Brett said, the sickest fuzzed out tone that they, you know, like most great fuzzed out tones came from something other than a fuzz pedal. You know, the Beatles uh, did it once with a plugging directly into a Neve board and cranking it. This was apparently a bass amp cranked up. And it just it's such a perfect song. I feel like it, you could you could write a Ph.D. in music about reeling in the ears. That song, there's so much good shit going on in there that um, it, it is. If, if you are not a music person, it's just a rock and roll song from the 70s. But if you like care about music and uh, specifically if you maybe play an instrument or really care about instrumentation, there's so much cool shit going on in every second of this song that you can. I listened to this like three times in a row earlier. I never listened to the same song on repeat, but I like I like I, I listen to it. And I'm like, I got to start that again and like pay attention to this. And I did that a couple of times earlier today. It is such a great song. And I knew I loved it, but I didn't know I loved it this much. And uh, honorable mention to Fire in the Hole, just because I really liked I like piano rock and this um, had like that great intermingling of the pianos and vocals and uh, it turned out to be a really nice song. And a pedal steel solo. Uh, which is, you know, shout out to uh, our own pedal steel playing friend, Squiggles. I imagine it's one thing he'll appreciate on there amongst many things. Can we talk he's about I think Squiggles will, Yeah, he's I was going to say, I think Squiggles will like this record if he's not already intimately familiar uh, with it. He's already contacted me. I, th- mm-hmm. I would I would assume that in slow pitches, this is about as, this is rolling the ball yeah. to him. Yeah. Uh, this is putting it on a tee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh yeah, so good stuff, great songs. Um uh, yeah, let's bring it back around the horn, talk about some uh, conclusive thoughts. Uh yeah. Uh Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? Um like I uh, like I said at the beginning, um and in the A block, it's it's sort of hard to give an impression of this when it's steely fucking damn. Um Steely Dan is a band that I think deserves every ounce of um, money they get, every ounce of fame that they get, every... They do stuff... Steely Dan as a group, um, because there are rotating studio musicians, as we said before, that go in and out of that band, but they have never put out a product that was not consistently good, I don't think throughout the years i and if they have i haven't heard it um can't buy a thrill has some songs you 100 percent know um i am confident in saying that like doesn't matter if you've heard of this band before or not you've heard some of these songs if you've lived on this earth um and i think the world is better with bands like steely dan in it because they it's just it is hard to describe and yet when you hear it, it makes so much sense that you're like, how is how is everyone not doing this? And then you realize like, oh, wait, it takes a lot of musicianship and a lot of time and a lot of effort to make music like this. A lot of care. <laughs> Ten year old record. And, and it was their first studio album. Like, <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Like most people's first studio albums are shit shows and produced piss poorly. And this studio <laughs> album, the, their first studio album is this damn good. It's just not, it's not even fair. 
Patrick. Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? So when people talk about like this era of music, specifically the late sixties and early seventies and how it was, you know, the best or whatever, it was because record labels were run by music nerds. This, this would never get popular release today. It just wouldn't like we don't music that comes through that system isn't allowed to be this. And that's the nature of it. Now, not that bands aren't doing shit this crazy now, but this was relatively popular music, you know, at, at its time. I mean, these are, Many of these were longtime hit songs, and you still hear them today. Um, this is like when you when you hear the word of a music genre called fusion. I'm talking about jazz fusion, which is kind of a contemporary. It was sort of jazz and rock, but like this, like you get so many little elements and ideas from other musical genres that get tucked in here. Like Brett said, like slide, you know, pedal steel used in a way you don't hear. Because this isn't really blues-based music, uh, you get a lot of hand percussion. Again, not used in in like Latin music where it's most common. Uh, this jam is bands. Like, jam bands. Are jam really, bands, I guess. Yeah. But like, what other than the Grateful Dead? What jam bands were really doing their thing at this time? Or my oh, not that time. Jam like bands? last weekend down the street. I mean, last weekend, like yes. I get white it. Everyone doing hand percussion. Yeah, every thirty-three-year-old salt fish when they were a kid and had to do it. Yeah. Um, but like this. There was there's so many like like this is music made by two guys who fucking love music and not just one kind of music. They love all of it and wanted to bring it all together. I usually I say this sometimes in very few bands that we've done on this. I'm like, OK, I have to go listen to everything these guys have ever recorded. And this is one where I'm definitely going to at bare minimum listen to all the old Steely Dan records after this because this was really enjoyable. It uh it tickles some of my my like like my love of why I like this era of like progressive rock because the instrumentation so high quality. Be why I occasionally dip my my toes into jazz fusion. This is so so good, and I feel horrible about myself for not listening to it until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, dip your fingers and your toes into it. Uh... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great overall record, and it's a great, uh, everything you guys said more better was better articulated than I could say, but it's, it's such a cool, good record, it's such a cool, good feel to it, and just a great overall, just good vibe, <laughs> as I can speak in, in as vague <laughs> overtones as possible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just such a good classic record for a reason. Uh, yeah, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? Well, I mean, conclusive thoughts on this album. Uh, this is this this album is this this album shows its age. It is definitely a, an album of its time period. Um, but it's still fun. Uh, now as ever. Um, this album is. I don't know. Uh, I would call this a hobby grade album, um, certified uh, Brett Hibbard's hobby grade seal of approval. Um, more on my conclusive thoughts on Steely Dan. I think the best use of Steely Dan in a non-musical form in 2008, when John McCain went on to Saturday Night Live, played a high school art teacher who made a set of four Steely Dano lanterns. Um, and uh, forever, I've been looking for an image of a Steely Dano lantern. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, he he made sure to point out his skunk Baxter. Um, uh, these guys they they played music with other people. Uh, they're all they're like there there are people in this band that are rocket scientists. Like it's it's right up the the squiggles alley. But you know it's 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 a kind of music that doesn't get a whole lot of love because it's for people that are mired in the the, the music world, um, and it's not something that is from the outset really appealing to everyone but if it's sort of appealing to you dig deeper uh you'll find more different stuff more different but it's good different uh, steely yeah. dan lantern send them in the email at <laughs> the record breakers podcast at gmail.com correct i i think i would start going into the spiel after that like <laughs> i i yeah like doing my pd runs the show impression all the time in my head <laughs> I, I can do it. But. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, this was this. Well, that was that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But now we get to to we give our thoughts. Now we get to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. Uh. We get to kind of summing it all up in poetic form. Uh. I'll start with you again, Drew. Drew, what is your haiku? Softball thrown from Brett. I don't need to hit it out. They already did. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? This is excellent. Why did it take me so long? My shame is over. No, um, no it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, at least I'm pertaining to this. Uh, my haiku. I meant this shame. We're gonna. We're gonna. One. I have gonna... a lot of shame. We're gonna episodes. we're gonna redo some of the old episodes now that we've hit all our stride. Come back next week when we review Glassjaw <laughs> for the third time. <laughs> the third time. <laughs> they have another record, and there there's keeps being rumors of a new one. <laughs> They've been recording a new record for like eleven years now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chinese demand. Yeah, worth the wait. Yep. Yeah. That album was super good. Was oh, God. So true story, I listened to that album once, and it is top five worst things I've ever heard, right up there with the Corn uh, and Skrillex record. No. Like when Corn did dubstep. It, nope. I wouldn't say that. I would say... I, I, Chinese it's, democracy is fucking awful. Uh, Correct. You, you're right. It's worst up there ever. with Corn doing dubstep. I wouldn't put... I, I, I would say I would... And before I, I mean, into, I don't I like, I don't like normal okay. Guns N' Roses, so... Okay, fair <laughs> enough. It's fair extremely enough. moderate. It, it's up there with, with uh, Sane Anger, like, just just awful I, records. I, 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 and I would, categor, I would cate- categorize it as aggressively okay. <laughs> yeah. I would, you know... I, 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 could, I could... Actually, I could actually have... I have many thoughts. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Record Breakers. Oh, apparently, God. No. Chinese democracy. Apparently Chinese democracy. God Trying to get it. all those hot God. clicks. Uh, fuck, I, we might, we, I might even be able to just do that as a... a, a I could even do a post-show of the show. On, on that. A you never know. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, thing, that, this, the, the other thing. Uh, my haiku. Classic soft rock sound. Perfect tunes for a road trip. This is old school cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not, not a great haiku, but yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, Brett, 
What is haiku? No, for real, guys. It's actually a classic. It earned the title. Mm -hmm. Which we learned earlier is hobby grade certified dank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hobby grade. That that would be the title of this episode if we titled episodes. Uh, He's talking about weed. Uh, there, there is no weed and Steely Dan that ever go together. Don't listen to anyone. Those two things completely different. There was no marijuana being used by anyone <laughs> in a high, high mile radius of this album being recorded. No, nah, there was literally a band member named Skunk. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, they were named after a dildo, uh, which is fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's Steely Dan. Uh, you can of course find uh, this on our Spotify playlist uh, you should have already listened to it uh, you can go on that Spotify playlist keep keep up with us uh, play along at home uh, do your homework uh, using that uh, on that Spotify playlist will be next week's record and that is provided by Drew Drew what do you got for us um well we're going to uh, PA sorry we're taking you back to PA Pat um for an album that actually was released not last Friday, um, as of the time of this recording, but the Friday before that, um, February the 3rd, this is possibly our newest record ever. Um, I'm going to have to call a check on that um, <laughs> for the guys, but this is a band called the Menzingers from Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is their new album, After the Party, is what I'm going to be bringing uh-huh. uh we'll we'll have to we'll have to consult uh record breaker stats uh-huh. the yes, website uh, record breaker music prospectus <laughs> yeah uh to see what what you know uh time of release to time of podcast episode release uh and then and, and uh sort that out uh but until then uh you can of course find us all over the internet Patrick is at Swagger. Uh, Brett is at Habity Bibbert, H I B B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at Exclusive Rex. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers, Record Breakers Podcast.com. Record Breakers Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us uh, specifically pictures of a Steely Dan the Lanterns uh, and other things that, uh, that you might like. But Mostly Steely Dan Lanterns. Exactly. Um. Find us all over the place. Somebody uh, makes a Steely Dan Lantern, I'm giving you a dollar. <laughs> An out of season uh, Steely Dan Lantern would make yes. my day. Yeah. Actually, actually, it doesn't even, I will pay for the pumpkin and I will give you a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Tell me the give me the receipt of your pumpkin and I will add a dollar to it and that yes. will end up in your PayPal. Exactly. Uh do that. Uh but also check us on iTunes Stitcher, uh everywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, hasta los servos. Toodaloo.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>